0: nfl show presented by pundit arena delighted to welcome well, the usual guys him brian hashtag where's mark welcome in friday night gentlemen welcome to the show how's it going
1: good it's uh look it's, it's always we keep we say it every week there is never a dull week in the nfl and this week has proved similar so we have plenty to
0: discuss this evening plenty to discuss brian you doing good
2: yeah yeah i'm looking forward to seeing mark being a big Patriots fan to hear the the edmund uh, the history of, the, of Julian Edmund. Interesting to hear his thoughts. Uh,
0: Here we go. Before we get our first guest on, two weeks to go, less than two weeks to go now, boys, we're live. 11.30pm Thursday, the 29th of April, to react to Bill Belichick probably getting his next generation quarterback knowing this right now, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, we are delighted to welcome a cool speed writer and reporter from The Athletic. Uh, Stephen Holder is joining the show. This evening. I'm going to bring him in here now. Stephen, welcome to the show, man. How are you?
3: I'm great. How are you guys? Thanks for having me.
0: That's too bad. It's, it's a pleasure to have you on. It's great to talk some Colts football. It's been a while just in the off season. But just before we do that, Stephen, uh, we do this for every guest. Have you any Irish heritage? Have you ever been to Ireland before?
3: I have not. Uh, it is on my list and many places and I mean you see Europe is one of those things where it's like you say oh I went to Europe yeah but that doesn't mean anything right so like because where exactly did you go and and did you have enough time to see it all so no I haven't <laughs> so I need to make that happen Stephen I suppose look
1: the the Colts uh we can't we, we have to start with the Carson Wentz trade, and that's obviously the big news. Uh, you know, Philip Rivers retires. What are they going to do? Well, Frank Reich goes out, and uh, he brings in um, Carson Wentz. And I, I suppose want to know your your thoughts on that. But also, um, and and the guys kind of smile at me when I say this. Reich and Wentz have a very strong relationship, which really the foundation of that is their shared faith. Um, can can you talk to us maybe a little bit about that as well?
3: Yeah, so I'll, I'll first start by giving you just my general sentiments. I actually think they did as well as they could in terms of what they were able to accomplish at quarterback this offseason. Because I think when you consider what their options were, which was, all right, yeah, there was the Matthew Stafford trade, but I think you know the Rams and Lions were really both in a unique situation there. I don't really think that was a realistic option for the Colts. Um, I don't know that they even wanted to go that route, you know, given the compensation and so forth. So so I, I take that out. And then you look at uh, the draft. They have the 21st overall pick. You see what these, what these top 10 picks are worth, just given the, the types of compensation we have seen in trades to get up that high into the draft. I don't see any realistic way they could have accomplished that. And even then, can you even get the quarterback you want? You know, unless you go to the top five and who knows what that would cost. You'd be paying your drafts for the next three years. So these were not realistic scenarios for the Colts. And I think uh, if you look at what they were able to do, because really you have to look at this from a realistic standpoint, what were their options? this probably was their best option. It doesn't mean it's going to work. I'm just saying in terms of a team with no quarterback, by the way, okay, they have one, they had one quarterback on their contract. Uh, and really he didn't even play last year. <laughs> so they have no idea what they have there. And so Phillip Rivers retires, Jacoby Brissett is a free agent. They decided they wanted to do something else. So they literally were a team with no starting quarterback. So to go from that, to Carson Wentz, who is a player who has done some significant things in the NFL, that's a victory, in my opinion. We'll see if it works, but at least gives you a chance. So I like that. And you mentioned their sort of shared faith, their shared interest. I do think that matters. Uh, Carson Wentz, I think from from a personal standpoint, it does not seem that the Philadelphia experience uh, was all good for him and and, and that doesn 't mean the people were bad i 'm not saying that i 'm just saying the situation was difficult for him it, it, for whatever reason, whether you think he handled it well or not, and I think there's blame to share on that front, including by him. but for whatever reason that didn 't work out for him he didn't fit in uh, he the change of scenery clearly was what he needed so to be able to to emerge from that situation and then get paired with someone who he absolutely adores and Frank Reich and has a lot of like-minded qualities with, I don't think he could have found a better situation. Uh, you are right. Their faith is important to them. And I think, uh, I don't know, I know Colts fans have seen it. I don't know if everyone else has, but the, the team puts together these behind the scenes videos and they did one uh they just released one this past week uh another uh episode in the series and this one was centered around Frank Reich and Carson Wentz and their relationship and it it actually gave a really good look at at their their shared faith and i think that is what has brought them together but i i think it doesn't matter what brings you together as long as you can be on the same page and and make each other better and bring the best out of each other, then that's what you want. And I think they can do that. I really think, and I'll, I'll leave you with this, and I'll set up with my long-winded answer. Frank Reich, uh, we'll see. Look, he he still has a lot of work to do, right? He, he hasn't won nearly enough games, in his opinion. But that being said, uh, his, the credit he gets for coaching quarterbacks is very well-deserved. The man has a talent for coaching quarterbacks. There is no question about it. So I think if Carson Wentz is ever going to succeed, it's going to be in this situation. If he doesn't succeed here in this situation, then that says a lot about Carson Wentz. Stephen, we we saw in free
2: agents a lot of teams were very proactive, but there's also teams that were working to of focus on signing their own players back. The Bucs in particular, obviously winning the Super Bowl, they got everybody back. The Packers, you know, bringing back Aaron Jones, which is just as good as a new signing, but... One player for the Colts that was floating under the radar in free agency, didn't get away in the end. Was T. Y. Hilton. You know, you looked at the kind of top five, six uh, wide receivers that were in in the market. He didn't get a lot of offers. There was talk of Sammy Watkins potentially coming in to the Colts. Obviously, he's gone to the Ravens now. But for Wentz to succeed, is is T. Y. Hilton critical? You know, he has the familiarity, He knows the offense. He's he's kind of one of the experienced players at this stage.
3: Yeah, I I really think it's actually very telling. Uh, Hilton said that Carson Wentz was one of the people who was really, uh, seeking him out and saying, look, we really need you. We really need you to come back. And I think that says two things. It says that Carson Wentz is smart because he knows that (laughs) he needs weapons, uh, like every quarterback. And then number two, it says that he has, I think, great respect for what T.Y. Hilton can do and how their skills mesh, because I think they do. Uh, this is important. Uh, last season with Philip Rivers, T.Y. Hilton, I, I think coming into last year, I thought T.Y. Hilton would really benefit from Philip Rivers' presence. I said, all right, well, here's a guy. He's not shy. He definitely will give his receivers a chance you know, on 50-50 balls and so forth. And That really didn't play out. It didn't happen that way. And I really think it's just 39-year-old quarterback. He didn't throw the ball down the field nearly as much as As anybody anticipated, uh, they played a very efficient offense. They just didn't have a lot of big plays in that offense. So here with with Carson Wentz, I think you have a guy who, for all of his faults, and there are plenty of faults in terms of how he played last year, he will put the ball in play. He will throw the ball down the field and give his receivers a chance. I think T.Y. Hilton is a better player than any receiver he's played with the last couple of years on any consistent basis, given all the injuries. So he's upgraded, I think. And then Michael Pittman, for example, who is a player who is on the verge of maybe, you know, becoming, I think, a a player of consequence. And so they have in T.Y. Hilton and Carson Wentz the potential potential for some big plays. And I think that is at least going to give the defense something to consider in, in terms of how they play against the Colts and and. Also, that ties into the running game, which is also very, very good. So I think it's a good situation. I think those two have a good uh, rapport, potentially a good rapport, and I think that has a lot of potential. I think
2: uh, the Pittman situation—you know—he kind of floated under the radar last season because he got injured so early in the season. But in in that game against the Packers, when they came back and won that game in the second half, you know, you could see the the skill set and the player that they had drafted there.
3: Yeah, they're pretty excited about Michael Pittman. I, I think because he is just scratching the surface. Uh, if, you, if you saw the uh, Thursday night game against Tennessee, there were some instances in that game, where that was a big Colts win. Uh, there were some instances in that game where they got him the ball in the open field and he was able to run after the catch. I think he showed that ability as well. So he has two things that I think he really can can be uh, two two qualities that I think can really be featured in Michael Pittman is obviously his ability to make tough catches against man-to-man coverage, which is huge on like third-down situations, and then uh, his ability to to run after the catch for a big guy like that. Uh, he runs pretty fluidly, and and actually can can break some tackles. He's a big guy, so I think there's a lot of potential there. Um, whether he will be their future number one receiver, we'll see. But does he have that potential? Potentially, yeah, I think he does.
0: Steven, it's it's definitely intriguing to see the potential of this team as a whole. I think it's definitely one of the better teams in the AFC anyway with that potential going forward. Uh, we've seen Greg Rosenall from, from the NFL talk about the GM, Chris Ballard, ranking him as the best general manager when it comes to drafting since 2015. Can you talk to us maybe about Ballard as a GM, just your thoughts on him and, and how he's gone on so far?
3: Yeah, I think that Chris Ballard has really I think brought uh first of all a lot of stability, which is always good. I think uh, you you know they people know who's in charge, they trust him. Uh they they fully put their fate in his hands. I think uh the trust between he and Frank Reich is really important. And I think you have to really have that rapport there. They have that. And you know Frank Reich fully trusts his GM, and that that goes both ways too. But Chris Ballard puts a lot of trust in Frank Reich. It's part of the reason that uh, frankly Carson Wentz is here, <laughs> because if if Chris Ballard had questions about whether his coach could either one of two things manage the player and and whatever concerns there are there, and two uh, bring out the best in him as a quarterback, if if Chris Ballard couldn't fully trust those two, or couldn't answer those two questions uh, to his satisfaction, then I don't think you're giving up valuable draft picks for this quarterback. So, so there's definitely trust in both directions. And that's, I think, just critical, really, really critical. We see it in other places where that lacks, that is lacking. And, and I think that creates problems. There's no question about it, Uh, but there's no question. I I was actually just outlining uh, some research or doing some research for a story, uh, looking at, Instances where Chris Ballard has has traded down because they do that a lot and it's something that he's very fond of and you know, we can certainly talk about that uh, related to the draft but but he really does have uh, this opinion that look um, he he trusts his draft picks and he wants more opportunities at his draft picks and and so you know, a lot of times fans might get annoyed. Oh, we're trading down again. It's funny. Fans have almost come around now. The Colts fans have almost come around to the to the point where they're like, you know what, I'm fine with it because I trust Chris Ballard. And that look, people never say that about the draft, right? I mean, they want the number one pick. They want they want top ten. And Colts fans have kind of come around to thinking, yeah, you know what, let's go get three second round picks. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Who we'll gets excited about the second round, right? You know, versus the first round. But that that's how. Successful they've been. Now th- look, there are some, there have been some blind spots. So there have been some some defensive end picks that haven't panned out, or maybe the players are still question marks. You know, who is Kamoko terre, Ben Banagoo? These are second round picks. These are high draft picks that they haven't gotten a lot of production out of. So, look, I'm not saying that he's he's uh, perfect. His record is not perfect, but I think when you think about getting a guy like Darius Leonard in the second round and Uh, Braden Smith, who I think has turned into a wonderful right tackle, uh, who they drafted as a guard in the second round. And he's become there. He's on the verge of, I think, a pro bowl level at right tackle. I mean, those are really good scouting jobs that they have done. uh, And I think their front office has done a great, great job. No question.
1: It's not just the fans; I think who've bought into uh, his drafting ability, because we've seen the owner, Javiers, uh, say, say I think this week that he felt that defensive end and and uh, the the line um, could be addressed in the draft. I suppose, yeah. Drawing on that last question, Stephen, what are your thoughts? What what might the Colts do in you know less than two weeks now?
3: Yeah, I think that they have. I mean, I, and no team drafts strictly on the basis of need, right? Of course. But but I think that you know if they're going to, they, they have put themselves in a situation where they do kind of have to address a couple of needs. and So they're, they're offensive tackle and defensive end, I think. Now, the question is going to be, if we talk about this strictly on the basis of need, uh, the question is going to be, how do you go about this? What do you prioritize? And I think there's a couple of ways to look at this. So there are some very solid offensive tackles uh, in this that are probably going to be first round picks. The question is going to be for them, how many of them, if any, get to number 21. And so if if one of those top tier offensive tackles are still on the board, that might be a very easy decision. Now, if they're not, and there are scenarios where those guys could be gone, and and that's, we'll just have to see. But if in the case that they are gone, then I think the question becomes all right well has there been a run on defensive ends at that point or or edge players in general because i think there are some really interesting ones you know one guy that i just really like for example is jalen phillips from miami he is you know kind of a guy who if the medical staff says okay we're okay with him cuz there's medical questions but if the medical staff for example is is okay with a guy like that he is a player who i think you're going to get impact from on day 1 uh, that would be a situation where, all right, maybe you, in that case, prioritize the edge player and come back to uh, the offensive tackle in the second round. Because I think there will be some options there as well. There'll be second tier players, but, but there are probably six, seven, eight offensive tackles uh, in these first couple of rounds that, that are viable starters. So, so they have some options. It just depends on how they prioritize it. I think they can get both things done. And at a satisfactory level, you may not get the exact player you want, but I think they can they can definitely address both those needs at a satisfactory level uh, with their first two picks. And then they could always trade down, <laughs> as they tend to do.
2: Stephen, interesting you say Jalen Phillips, because there's a lot of scouts out there that would argue, if it wasn't for the off-field injuries and stuff, he's arguably the best uh, pass rusher in this draft, you know. And, uh, you know, that's the reason why he's in the 15 to 25 categories, more so because of the off the field and what's what's on the field. And just interesting to get your thoughts on the division as a whole. You know, it's such a strange division in a way going forward. We've got all the off the field stuff that's going on with the Texans, with their quarterback and just the general kind of rebuild of the team there. The Titans have lost quite a few players defensively. You know, they were defense was very poor last year and they seem to have let a lot of guys go. And then you, you've kind of got the Colts in a way. The Jags obviously rebuild. You know, Trevor Lawrence is going to be their quarterback, but still he's a rookie. And this really is a, you know, this a season a really great opportunity for the Colts this year to to win that division and make a real push towards the Super Bowl.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think there is the the criticism of the Colts, if there's one right now, is that it's what we said earlier. They did not really do anything in the way of upgrading their team. But I I also think that tells us something, whether you agree or disagree. That tells us that they like their team. Okay. And look, there are some financial reasons for that, too, but I don't think that was the only reason. I think it's also because, as I said, they like what they have and they want to continue developing what they have, too. That's that's another factor that that doesn't get talked about enough. It's not just who's on your team. It's how those players are growing and developing. And they are, in many cases on this team, very young. So they should be better from year to year. They've upgraded that quarterback, they think, or at least they have changed the quarterback, right? So they're going to get potentially you know, a different kind of production there than you know, a very you know, immobile <laughs> Philip Rivers, right? So this is a different team, even though the pieces are mostly the same. I think they could see, you know, for example, Jonathan Taylor, who I think didn't really figure out how good he could be until the last quarter of the season. (laughs) You know, there were some frustrating moments where I wondered, like, eh, I don't know if I'm buying the hype. And I will tell you, the last five, six games, he really, I think, discovered what he was doing wrong. I think he just really had to be aggressive. It it really was mental. It really, really was mental with him. And he has all the ability in the world. They've re-signed Marlon Mack as well. So, look, I think this team... It has a chance to grow just with the players that it has because I think they can be better They're they were very young we talked about Michael Pittman for example so I yeah I like I like exactly what you said there I, I don't know I'm not I don't know who's gonna win it I, I haven't you know we still have the draft to go we can make a pick later but uh, I think the Colts are gonna be in it I think they are a factor and nobody in this division is ignoring the colts because why would they right i mean they have all had to deal with uh they they all play close games but at the same time uh, the, the colts have very much have very much made their presence known and i think it's going to be a, a another situation where someone's going to have to uh be good down the stretch and and find a way to win it. You know, last year, the, the Titans and Colts tied, and the, the tie, Titans won by virtue of a tiebreaker. You could have a same, a very similar scenario again uh, because I think these teams are all going to fight it out.
0: Stephen, just last one for me, man. Uh, we're we're, we're, we're going to talk about this at just the end of the show, about OTAs and stuff. As far as I know, the Colts haven't made a decision yet in regards to OTAs. I might be corrupt, please correct me if I'm wrong. But just your thoughts on the whole situation that is developing, do you think it'll make much of a difference for this team? Obviously, having a new quarterback, or do you think it's very much sort of if the whole of the league is doing it, it's the right thing to do? Or have you not gotten depending on it? What's your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I think that I will say last season I think was a little bit revealing because the play on the field wasn't bad, and we had no off season whatsoever. In fact, I mean, no preseason either, right? So I'm not necessarily saying deal away with the preseason. All I'm saying is. I think that the argument that it's that it had a great effect on on the actual performance it doesn't hold much water. So the, now that being said, I I do think that there are players who um, who who are negatively affected when you get rid of OTAs or if you don't have OTAs and it's the young players uh, they don't have a chance to develop they don't have a chance to really have more time to to catch the coach's eye. So you do end up having a little bit more of a um, a predictable rotation of players, I think. Uh, but the, the we are on track to have the preseason this year. So that, I think, mitigates that a little bit. So, so we'll see. I, I mean, there are 14 OTAs generally. So you're talking about 14 practices. Uh, it, it won't make or break your season, right? I don't think it will. But That is not to say that there are not a lot of gains made in those six weeks of workouts and meetings and and all those things. There is growth happening there. There's no question about it. It just puts more of the onus on the players to do it on their own. It it has been really interesting, Stephen, because I
1: suppose um as a Broncos fan, we were told last year that the lack of OTAs were the reason the Broncos had so many injuries and suffered so much. And yet we've seen statements from the players this week that you know the quality was really good. The Browns pointed to the fact that injuries were down 23%. It's uh it's it's very it's a very interesting uh situation. But if the OTAs aren't mandatory, the players have that you know, they can decide that. So, you know, it's, it's up to them. I think um, we could look, we, you've been really generous with your time. We'd love to have you back on again, maybe after the draft as we build up to the, the new season. We want to thank you for offering uh, your insights. It's been really interesting to, to hear about the, the Coles. And uh, just if for anyone out there, uh, you can find Stephen on uh, Twitter. He writes in Indian uh, Athletic as well. And uh, just thank you again for taking the time to chat to us today.
3: Hey, thanks for having me. This was fun. I appreciate it. Thanks
0: Stephen. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was Stephen Holder from The Athletic. You can get The Athletic, obviously, in the UK and Ireland. Uh, I'm not sure if you can pay it in Euros, boys, but you can get it in pounds anyway. And there is always a good deal going on. So check it out. Great NFL coverage as well. So thanks very much, Stephen, for coming on. We are going to bring on uh, a guy that we had on on Super Bowl Sunday from uh, American Football Ireland in a second. Boys, we're going to talk about, uh, just after we have a moment. we're going to talk about Edelman OT as well. So we're going to go in and out as well. Looking forward to it. But uh, Brian, a good shot from uh, Stephen
2: there. Yeah, very good. It's great to, I suppose it's great to get a number of beat writers on because I suppose we're all focused on, you know, once we talk about the NFL in general, we do have a huge focus on, from my point of view, the Giants, you're the Broncos, Mark's obviously not here, but he's the Patriots. So it is interesting to hear other teams' concepts and thoughts ahead of the draft and obviously leading into the new season. And i certainly think the Colts, are a team who will be seriously challenging next
0: year. I do too, to be honest. I I think they can be really up there. Maybe below KSC Buffalo, but up there when it comes to January football. I know, Brian, you can't wait for January football. We're all going to have January football this year, which is good for once, so looking forward to that. Let's bring in our next guest. Uh, It's Paul O'Donnell from American Football Ireland. Here is a little bit of what American Football Ireland do guys. (laughs) Hey, <laughs> hey, months
4: now I get on. Not too bad. Not too bad. Look, I, I'm not one for saying I told you so, but I think from memory I I said the Patriots would win, That night was wrong. Uh I th- I think
0: you were, yeah. No 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 you you, you you weren't wrong. You you were spot on. I remember yeah. I remember you were saying that like, like yeah. seriously that morning for us, I don't know about these two boys, but that morning right. was a blur. But uh, it's definitely percent. good to hear your accent, I'm not gonna lie, I feel like I'm cornered with these two boys Back to be uh, <laughs> of course of course and uh, you, you've you've had a busy few months as well how, how, like i mean i know you were talking about the struggles of covid and stuff beforehand yeah. i think even in february paul i don't think any of this thought like we'd be like i mean even in, in the north as well i like, could be sitting in the airport. i know it's starting up back up but how's the last few months been you've been very busy
4: very busy very busy doing a lot of work behind the scenes and trying to sort of react to any changes or any, anything, any developments on the actual restrictions. So it has been difficult, it's been challenging. And from one week to the next, we haven't really known what's happening. So we're we're trying to react to it, as I say, more than actually have something planned. Um, but hopefully now things are looking good. So we're, we're, we're hoping, uh, we're starting, starting to see a wee bit of light at the end of the tunnel and hopefully turning the corner and um i know here in northern ireland we have training i starting uh started ready for my own team here we had a, a bit of a combine there on uh wednesday with rookies so or rookie camp uh that's why do Dairy Vapers, vapors in case nobody knows um and i know a few other teams i was, I was chatting a few of the teams and northern ireland this week so we have the, the craig avon cowboys they're they're starting training soon um obviously check social media, their websites, that sort of stuff for any information. The Razorbacks, Northern Ireland Razorbacks, they've been a lot, doing a lot of good work recently. They've been doing a lot of work, sort of charity work on behalf. Uh, to try and raise a fund uh, for the uh, Northern Ireland Air Ambulance. So they've been doing some sort of, uh, I think it's like, uh, you know, where they, they count how many miles they've done through walking, swimming, uh, you know, on the pitch, all that sort of stuff too. So, a lot of good work and obviously if anybody does want to sort of um sponsor or put some money towards that uh, if you just go on they've got a, a just given site on their uh social media page too so just ke- keep looking at that all our sort of teams that are that are starting this weekend uh the entering jets are starting up the Causeway giants um our newest sort of one of our newest flag teams belfast city lions they're starting as well this week and they have a rookie uh week starting now or rookie day starting now on the 25th so a lot of a lot of teams that the current champions Belfast Trojans they have the rookie tryouts now on the 25th um so check Facebook check Instagram Belfast Knights another one so they again starting at 10 a.m on the 25th of April in Malone rugby club you wouldn't know I had this researched uh and of course we (laughs) we have as in the the vipers we're we're training again now on sunday so look there's a lot of a lot of great sort of energy that's been built over the last year year and a half and we're just really really keen to get back out get the thing started um and sort of move with as as these changes come in place and hopefully hopefully fingers crossed we'll see the 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 south coming back online too so we can get everybody involved
2: Paul, what's, what's the plan for the season in terms of how, getting it back up and running? Is there a plan to kind of try to do the season in the same format as you normally would or would you kind of try to ease it down just to get a season in, in place?
4: Brian, we have looked at different sort of scenarios on that. And to be honest, because the, the, the whole situation up until very recently is fluid. So it's something that the, the, the board will be making on soon again. We'll be discussing this. We're in, we're in contact with each other all the time. We're uh, talking to Brian Cleary, who's the, the, the commissioner and uh, trying to sort out something, trying to sort of uh, get get a sort of a happy medium, I suppose, that where everybody's going to get a chance to play football. All I can really say is we're going to do everything we can to make sure there's football this year and the, the, the American Football Ireland. And that's what we're sort of racking our brains to get sorted and working with, obviously, the, the, the government, Sport Ireland, uh, Sport NI uh Aries federation of sports so or sorry federation of various sports we're working with all them they find out what we can do but we will be doing all we can to get this this season going to some sort of extent um but the, the signs are looking positive positive. So we, say we always try to have a, a positive approach and a sort of a can-do attitude so that's that's what we're trying to do in the board a lot of the stuff that we do you don't even realize half the stuff that we are doing, but there's a lot of work going on behind. and uh, it's it's not easy. I, you know it's it's difficult to please everybody, but we're we're doing all we can. they they sort of get the sport up and running again, like you know,
1: I'll tell you what, Paul, that uh, video that you just played beforehand—that certainly pleased me as a Broncos fan. Uh, Super Bowl Fifty, Von Miller, happy days there. Um, also, the fact that um, you know I have been along to to see the the local games uh, working in uh, in Trinity um, and okay. in UCD. Um, I've seen firsthand the, the local game, so it is really good. And hopefully, as I said, it can get back up and running, and people can get down to see. But one of the other things that um, has happened in the off season is is the partnership um, that that you've had um, with, is it Hope Through
4: Football? Hope Through Football, Yeah. Could could you tell us
1: a little more
4: about that? Um, I am glad you asked that because I would be killed if I wouldn't mention this. I spoke to the the head coach of the the London Olympians, uh, Coach Rick uh, Ayub, today, and I I promised him I would mention what's going on. It's absolutely a fantastic opportunity that we, we sort of were given a few months back. Um we're working, I don't know if you've maybe heard of this guy, this guy called Rod Woodson. you maybe heard of him. All time Hall of Famer, uh NFL player for I don't know how many years, um I think ten or fifteen seasons, something like that. If you know what I mean? This this man is, is a legend, absolute legend, and he's working with the AFA, Now you know, has been for the last couple of months about two months ago we had our first sort of clinic with rod rod was doing the um the the db sort of clinic and it's it's like it's sharing the knowledge and that's that's their sort of tagline share the knowledge that's what they want to do they want to share the knowledge that they have that they've gained over the years they want to give back to the, the community and the american football fans and players throughout the world um the skills that they have and the knowledge that they have and i think we had I think there was about three hundred that we had on the, the the first first clinic. We had our second one there on just just the other night, just last this, uh, last night night with uh, Bob Wiley. You probably recognise him from uh, Hard Knocks, uh, the Browns character of a man, and my, the man's in an encyclopedia when it comes to O line stuff. That's that's what he was sort of talking on. So we have a whole sort of uh, schedule of clinics with with the guys. Uh, it's all through zoom or it's it's all online now currently however we have fingers crossed hopefully when when uh, things become a wee bit more secure or safe or normal if there is such a thing uh we hope to get coach woodson coach ayub and maybe a few other sort of guys over here and they they present something in Ireland face to face so that's that's where we're going but the knowledge share the knowledge unbelievable fantastic we're you know, the, the interaction, the sort of engagement we had even last night, it ran on for like two and a half hours nearly. And uh, Coach Wiley, he didn't want to leave. He didn't want to leave. And I don't think anybody else was really wanting to leave. It's, it's just, I think, it got to that time of night with, with us. We, we had it sort of end it, like, you know, <sighs> but could go on forever. It's fantastic.
0: I think it's, it's a really good idea, especially in the current situation where, you know, it is very much online. And it's one thing having something where people are just talking, but something like out there, as you said, sharing knowledge is mm-hmm. is a very good idea, right? especially for people that are maybe you know haven't maybe picked up a ball before, and and they are trying to get into it. without well, i actually be out on the on the field. And I, I was up in uh, I was actually up in Belfast last night, and it was class to see even in Northern Ireland like the. The young people, the kids, the, the young adults, the adults out playing soccer, American football, GAA, everything. You see it last night. So hopefully we're getting back to normal now. Maybe the teams in Northern Ireland are going to have a good advantage in a couple of months to we'll see what happens. But uh, who knows? what what's what's going to happen there? Uh,
4: yeah. Not 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 to start a row with between the the north and south. But I I have to say there's maybe a wee bit of um. And I seem see, see brains laughing there. Uh, I have to say there's maybe Maybe there's evidence to show that the northern teams are a wee bit better, but we'll, we'll not get under that. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you uh, I, I'd, like, I'd be annoyed with, if if You've you've been quite busy since we last spoke. I mean, for example, he's he's had, had a new uh, you, you had a meeting at the end of February. You've had a lot of new board members on board as well. Yep. You, you must be flat out, honestly. Paul, you, you must be. There, we're, there's we're, never a dull moment.
4: There, there isn't, there really isn't. Um, I say we've had three or four board members, one of which was on the last time I was on, too, which is Steve McDonald. Steve, he's the, the, the coach head coach with the uh, South Dublin Panthers. So he's on the board now and he's got, uh, again, a wide knowledge of the sport, of coaching, and he's a lot to bring to the, 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 the board itself. We also have three, three uh, ladies. I have to be very careful how I say this because I got, I got told off before. <laughs> um it's woman, woman is what we have, we have to refer to them as. Um, and we have Frida Geller, who's actually the co-founder of my team, the uh Donnie Vipers. Uh she has got about six years experience on the league and helped pull up pull up the uh vipers to where we are today. Uh we have Kelly Dwyer. Kelly as has been uh, an official on the in the league and one of the, the sort of main ones um uh, she's very heavily involved in that side of stuff she's come on fantastic sort of uh, knowledge that she has the game, and it just shows the different sort of side of it isn't she's an official and then we also have helen smith helen is um she's involved with the, the newly formed um belfast city lions it's a new flag team she's been playing flag and she, apparently from what i hear and it wasn't helen that said this Somebody did tell me she's a very, very good player, and that's that's the sort of direction we're going. We're trying to sort of uh, get more uh, women involved in the sport. Uh, we have we've recently started a, a inclusivity and diversity committee, so that's a big, big area for us, and we want to try and get everybody included and brought under the sport as much as possible. So we're 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 looking to talk to everybody, like you know. But yeah, a hell of a lot of work. Uh, but it's that's, that's, that's all worth it. I'm excited for this year. It's it's going to be one of our best years, I think. Uh, it's not ideal, yeah, I'll, I'll accept that. However, we'll do everything we can on the board to make sure we get football played and we try and and do as much as we can. They they develop and push the the game, the sport, and this and and the the, the island of Ireland, you know. So.
2: Oh, we, we've seen, um, I mean, we're three, nearly three months since the NFL season ended and <clears throat> we've been fortunate to do a show every week and people are still watching the show. Great numbers. Yeah. Just shows the love and interest that the sport has in this country. When you you touched on the rookie camp this week, are uh, you finding that there's still more people declaring their interest to play the game? Is it just as high as it was last year?
4: Brent, maybe even more so. Maybe even more so because people are, you know, they they haven't done anything in a year. They, they need to get out. They need to sort of, Get clear the head they need to actually get a, a bit of a release and a sport as, as a fantastic release as we all know it's great for the head great for the body everything the thing with American football is and this is this is the way we and the Vipers would are sort of promoting it and throughout the, the whole league it's it's a, a game or a sport that anybody can play there's a position for everybody whatever size you are whatever sort of height weight, all that sort of stuff there's a position for everyone there's so many different positions so this is because of the whole sort of promotion of, but yourselves and you're doing a fantastic job. I have to say, you're really putting American football on the the, the map here in Ireland. With some of the, the the guests that you have, international, world world famous guests, fantastic. That helps us. That helps the league. That helps develop that. the The likes of um, Jason Bell, do you know what I mean on the 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 NFL show and uh, and uh, BBC, fantastic. Uh, so all that sort of helps. It's, it's, it's going out to a wider audience and people are more sort of um, willing to come and try it out. And, and that's, that's what we're trying to do. I know chatting to some of the rookies there that were out with us there on Wednesday, fantastic. They absolutely love it. They'd never played it before in their life. They just happened to see it on TV or hear about it or heard about the sort of the razzmatazz of the whole sort of sport. And they thought, I'd love to give it a go. And they did. And they're looking to come back, which is great, fantastic.
1: Before we, we let you go, uh, Paul, you've uh, been very generous with your time, and it's always great to get insight into you know the, the game on on this island because mm-hmm. there is so much happening, and it's great to hear about like both you know on and off the field. And hopefully, we can get back to um to to full on the field across the island soon. But we are two weeks away um from the the draft, and we were just speaking about uh, rookies. There is there anyone um that you're going to be keeping an eye on uh, to see where they end up uh, in less than two weeks when, when we're doing our live show throughout the night?
4: Well, Colin, you, you mentioned you're a Denver Broncos fan. I'm actually a Bears fan, so I'm a wee bit sore about Fuller. Uh, but there you go. I think from a Bears perspective, we need a quarterback. Now, I don't know if we've got the two boys, the right boys in charge, as in with Pace and Nagy. Um, Sort of, you know, the, the jury's out in them at the moment They haven't really, the ones would say they, they haven't really had a, a losing season as such, but they haven't had a winning season either. Okay, they've been at the playoffs. Um, but Nick Folds, we, we we traded up for Trubisky a couple of years ago, and we know the other way that's that's gone. Um, we need a quarterback, definitely, you know, so <laughs> I don't know, there's no chance of getting Lawrence or even Fields. I don't know. You could be looking at Trey Lance, uh, maybe Mac Jones, possibly somebody like that, or maybe somebody on the, on the o old line itself. Um, I'm just keen to see it, and obviously I will be sort of um, jumping under the show. They they have a look to see what you're doing because I know the work that you're doing is fantastic, and it's also about a crack as well too, which is which is what we all need. We need a wee bit of a, a, a deflation from all this sort of stress we've been over the last year. So, no, looking forward to it
0: look paul i definitely appreciate what you're saying there we we really do i mean it's it is uh it's hard work it's, it's gonna be a crack doing this yeah. draft thing in a couple of weeks yeah. I, i'm actually boys i haven't told these two boys i'm off the next day from my unnamed employer paul i'd even asking it off We're very yeah. lucky but uh i met uh michael lavery who does articles for us up in lurgan uh, in Craigavon area the other day so near, near the cowboys so i'm gonna have to get up to yeah. the legal like, vipers hopefully if it kicks off like July, August, I and mean, if it does kick off those games, yeah. who knows, maybe Brian could get the camera set and Colin get the microphones and we can all drive up towards Lifford direction and make them voice. Yes. Here, look, we, we, we could do a live show and who knows what's going to happen, but there's definitely do
4: potential a, there, well, Do a live show and we can promote uh, tourism in Northern Ireland to these two uh, Southern Ireland people
2: sort of <laughs> stuff. I'm, 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 <laughs> you, you, you said about the, the crack the show provides. I'm... One of the, the best parts for the draft for me is going to be that ninth pick when the two boys are on the clock here, the two Broncos fans, just to see their reaction when they don't get the player they want. They're
0: well, well, that's the whole
4: point. That's <laughs> the joys of the draft, doesn't it? You just don't yeah. know. You see mock drafts left, right and centre, uh, you know, painless gas stuff. Ah, painless gas stuff. <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Let's Can let's I just mention two things? Because if I don't mention it, it, I want to killed. I've I've talked a lot about kidded as in we we refer to you now as tackle tackle football. Um, we also will hope to have a flag season running this year, obviously with the non-contact side of stuff. So we're we're in the process of developing that and trying to get something, pull something in place for that. And of course, our sort of grassroots they start at uh, age 15 plus. Our youth season. Uh, One our, our 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 director, Bill Doherty, he's really put his heart and soul under the, the youth side of stuff. So if if there are anybody who's 15 plus thinking about, you know, I want to get into uh, American football, look for your local team, go on to americanfootball.ie, check out where your local team is and, and join up. We're also looking, we have done a wee bit of recruitment, well, we've done a good bit of recruitment actually recently for like directors and board members and that sort of stuff, but we're also still looking for coaches, we're looking for volunteers, we're looking for the community and local people to get involved in the game because it's a, it's a great experience and. The, the cracks, and as they say up here. So. <laughs>
1: Paul, it's been absolutely uh, great to, to chat to you. I want to thank you again. Uh, I should probably give a shout out to uh, Liam Ryan uh, down there at UL, who's been very involved with you as well. Very great. I know Liam from uh, the both, both the American football side of things, but also the, the higher ed side of things. Yeah. Um, hopefully we'll uh, welcome you on over the summer and you'll be telling us about the games that are taking place. But look, thank you again for coming on and taking the time no. to chat to us this evening.
4: Appreciate it, lads. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Good luck, Paul, Hank. Good luck, luck me, on the draft man. night, too.
0: Thank oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks a million. Thanks a million. And Paul, just before we go, here, folks, is what Paul's talking about the flag football video here now, folks. Paul, thanks a million, mate.
4: Cheers, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.
2: I'd have great patience with you on the offensive line, wouldn't I? <laughs> <tackle>. yeah. um, <laughs> um, the i The
1: Irish, Irish I, NFL show, last chance, you. I
0: think that would be quite something.
2: I'd like be like to build Parcells on the sideline, giving the team the neck.
0: <laughs> Let, let's do it. Let's do it. Here, boys, come, come you all up here. We're opening up. Come on up for the, for the crack. I mean, That's we,
2: how you keep reminding us, yeah, you know. I
0: know. I do. I have to do it at least once a week to see the crack. Uh, before we move away from the topic, uh, just going on what Paul said, Obviously, a lot of teams are recruiting. Belfast Vipers. Uh, sorry, the Belfast Vipers. Well, wow. <laughs> I literally typed the Vipers in a private chat to Paul. That's why I said the Belfast Trojans texted me at eight o'clock asking me to just. I think I think Paul did say it. they are recruiting now, like, trying to get players on board. So we'll put the link on social over the weekend if you are interested. They're on Facebook as well. They're not too far from me either, so maybe I'll be on the side. It's the sideline, lads. Special teams coach thanks
1: then special teams good. well it'd be better than Tom McMahon with the
0: Broncos anyway uh, in, indeed check AmericanFootball.ie but here massive thanks to Paul coming on uh, really appreciate it and it's really good to get that local take on it as well I'm just hearing about how the game is doing as well so thanks a million for that there we're, we're going to look at a couple of things before we go uh, ironically Mark is not here and um, ironically, for this situation. But, well, this is good because we can have a few minute conversation about this. Julian Edelman retires. Uh, he's won that many Super Bowls. I can't even be bothered checking. Great career. Fantastic career. I was producing Jeff Reinbold's show last night and his old coach was on and some of the stories he was telling about him and his motivation and his confidence was incredible, Colin. Um, what's your thoughts on his career? Is he a Hall of Famer? <laughs> uh, <laughs> or what? What's the thoughts there, and then Brian, just just watch your what's your thoughts about? Oh, Come, what's
1: your thoughts? Edelman was a fantastic player, and he came alive in January, uh, which is what the Patriots specialized in. You know, I mean, whether you want to take there, there's been so much talk around this. Um, I was listening to the Mina Kaim podcast during the week and uh, the question was whether Edelman or Hightower, if you only could put one uh, in the Hall of Fame, who would it be? Um, I'd probably go Hightower as well. Edelman was, was fantastic. He, I think recency bias, I think that catch uh, in the Super Bowl against uh, the Falcons... Um, you know will always be remembered uh, but is is he a hall of famer no I don't think so is he a Patriots ring of famer absolutely um, he was brilliant for them he he came up clutch so many times he was exactly uh, what you what you wanted when uh, you know Brady knew he could go to to Edelman when uh, he needed to he was so tough um and he, they, they will certainly miss him. I think they were probably hoping he would be back. Uh, but he can now enjoy his uh, retirement and sail off into the sunset. And he will, you know, whenever, like in 50 years' time, right, we'll be on Super Bowl 105 and uh, they'll still be showing that catch against the Falcons.
0: Coach O'Leary, uh, what's your thoughts?
2: Well, I was surprised this week to see people quickly moving on to whether he should be an MVP, you know, sorry, not an MVP, but go into, you know, the Hall of Fame, whether he's, you know, his worthy of going into the Hall of Fame. I think people need to just relax and kind of enjoy the pair that he was. Three Super Bowl wins, and you know, he was the MVP in the Super Bowl against the Rams, and people kind of forget that because for all the years he won Super Bowls with Brady, you know, predominantly Brady was always getting the MVP award But that particular Super Bowl, and it kind of... He's pushed to the side. You know, he had a really, really great game in a in a game which the team really performed. But he's always been a fantastic player. His attitude is spot on. And right now, I kind of worry for the Patriots for a certain extent because I don't see... Like, Mark would obviously... And he, he's had this challenge some number of times where Edelman was the number one receiver, and he'd obviously say he was. And you look at it now, and whilst they have leaders on defence, where's the leaders on, on offence right now? They're after to bring in <clears throat> two wide receivers... Two new tight ends, you know, so they're only getting to grips with what a, the enormity of playing for the Patriots. Who's that player that's going to pull that offense next season and, you know, get it, take them on their shoulders? Because right now they don't even know if they have a quarterback. So, look, okay, I think it was inevitable. As time went on, he wasn't going to come back. He's too many injuries, you know, he's been banged up for quite a while. And once he announced his retirement, sorry, announced he was leaving the Patriots, it was quickly announced that he was retiring. So, look, a great player, great serve. And then whether you love the Patriots, or not, you know you can always acknowledge really great World Series in the game and he really was
0: before we go into two more topics just what Brian's in there boys but the Patriots what are they going to do next we all know what they're going to do next they're going to go draft Trevor Lawrence somehow they're going to find a way to <laughs> draft up that was a joke for two weeks to go uh, I hear boys I am off work on the 30th here <laughs> I thought, my, my,
2: I thought that was a given. Michael, no, I was No,
0: I I was gonna ask for it off anyway, but like I mean, I just I'm off, so I'm happy yes. Um, I'm still this asleep
2: anyway. There's mm-hmm. only one man in this group who won't be who won't be taking it off, and that's the man who's not here tonight, Mister Marcar.
0: <laughs> Will he be here? Put your bets in now. Call him OTS. Now let's not talk about our team. Let's <laughs> not talk about them. But let, they started the trend, arguably, with the Seahawks or, or or the Broncos did. But a lot of teams now uh, refusing to have OTS. Let's be honest, voluntary OTS. Um just your thoughts, guys. Come what's your thoughts on that? Um, I like I I, I get it in, in, in many
1: respects, right? Because they are voluntary and um, if somebody asked you to come in and do 14 days in work uh uh, that you weren't essentially going to be paid for would you do it so in, in some ways i get it as long as you recognize that you then can't turn around and use it as a crutch or as an excuse down the line you can't say that that was the reason why you didn't perform if you're going to you know point to the uh, in, in the standard of play in the league um, and as as you saw it as being almost an improved product um, and then you have the Browns releasing the statement that pointed to 23 percent fewer injuries so again as as a lot I totally get you know for the players um, they, there seems to to be some resentment among some of the players around that seventeenth game, and, and a feeling that it was kind of imposed on them. So I think this is a little bit of, of taking back some control, which I I I, I understand. And again. These were not, you know, mandatory. So, um, and I still think you will see plenty of the players, um, you know, do various bits and pieces. We we saw Brady get the box together, um, you know, in the in the local park last year. So I imagine you'll still see plenty go uh, happening. You'll still see players going into facilities to to train. Um, I think this is probably a feeling for some of the players of taking back a little bit of. of I mean, when you see that the mega deal that the team signed on TV um, and the players get a slice of that, absolutely, but the owners obviously get the, the major slice of that. I, I understand where the, the players are, are coming from, um, but we just can't hear in October, November for teams who aren't doing so well um, that, oh, if only we had OTAs.
2: It's funny, you, you, Colin. You touched on the fact that it's optional, but if you look back to, throughout the years, and obviously before before COVID, the teams that tend to be there come the end of January, February are the teams who usually get everybody into the into the camp for the OTAs. Like, it's not going to make a massive difference now. Right now, to me, it's the teams more so who have new head coaches. So it's not so much about getting on the field and having having the practice. It's about getting an opportunity to meet the guys. Having, I mean, there's some coaches last year came to came to training camp in, in July and never even met the players before. And once you can meet them on Zoom and whatever platform they're working on, you know, the reality is they don't really know the guys. They don't know their attitude. You don't know physically what condition they're in until they get them in in July for the proper training camp. So this is an opportunity for new coaches. You know, it's not just about the head coach, but the staff they put in place, you know, the offensive line coach, the wide receivers coach, all those coaches that don't get the right time with the players at this time of year, again, subject to the players turning up. So. Look, it's it's come as no surprise because this was inevitable. It was coming for a while. It was just a case of who was going to be the force to kick it off. For you guys, it was the Broncos. The Giants have followed suit. There is still teams out there that haven't made a decision. But it's you know Monday is the the first day, shall we say, of OTAs, which for most teams will be predominantly online.
1: ju uh, just yeah, I mean they, they they play a role to an extent, absolutely, um, but. The team that won the Super Bowl last year um, was a team where a quarterback was playing in a new city, on a new team, under a new head coach, under a new offensive system, with a tight end playing in that system for the first time, with a running back playing in that system for the first time. The guy who won the Rookie of the Year Award was a a first-year QB who wasn't even supposed to start, who didn't have OTAs, who didn't have training camp um it, it's 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 a really interesting one because i could i get the players can look at that they can point to brady winning and the bucks winning the super bowl they can point to herbert winning um offensive rookie of the year and say why why do they matter we know we know what we need to do better than anybody and you saw the impact last year but you know i, I get when when fans feel like you know they that look we've been we've been doing x y and z um but it's unless you may, I guarantee you t- that players will show up when it's when it is mandatory. They, they, that I don't think there's any doubt around that. Um, but if it is not mandatory, what can you say?
2: Um, Sorry, Mike, I was going to make a important um, point. Uh, when people touched on last season, they said at the start of the season, the first four to five weeks, people said, the product on the field is great. You know, we didn't need these preseason games. What was all the fuss about training camps? But if you looked at Defenses, you know, by and large for most games, with the exception of two or three teams maybe, who were, defense was quite dominant. You know, defenses were poor, and it took defense quite a lot of time to catch up. Now, we've seen that in the past. People say the first two or three weeks of the season are a bit wishy-washy. You don't know what you're expected. There's shock results, and then come fight week five, week six, things tend to, to settle down. So we've seen that in the past. But last season, defensively, like Marsh, Mark touched on in the past, the meant the high-scoring games, you know, from a betting angle the overs were hitting forties, fifties, sorry, late forties, fifties, more geared towards college overs because defences were struggling. And to me that was down to the lack of a preseason, the lack of a training camp.
0: Yeah, and look, the, I think I'm gonna say one thing. Don't go five and eleven and then just don't go to OTS. You're getting paid millions of dollars. Okay, maybe not millions, but anywhere from one to two hundred thousand dollars. Don't don't go five and eleven or, or you know, don't not nah. Five and uh,
2: 5 and twelve next year, Michael.
0: Five and twelve for the Giants in January. Gonna move on Mm -hmm. one last point tonight. I'm gonna start with you very quickly. The fourth and fifteen alternative to the onside kick is unlikely to pass. I didn't notice until about an hour ago. What are your thoughts, Colin? On this,
1: um, it's one that comes up. Well, it's come up for a couple of years now, and I suppose the. the the thinking is that it offers you something a little bit different because the on-site kick is so unlikely to um be successful and so they're there's they're constantly looking for ways to to introduce something um but um you know i i have always thought you know if you are in in the in the lead and you're you know um in the fourth quarter and if it's going to be fourth and 15 and you know, Tom Brady is pushing for yet another ring oh my god and it's for you know that's the last thing you want to face so um I I do I do get the desire to move on from the onside kick because the, the chances of it being successful are are so slim um but it it seems like the, that fourth and fifteen that they're just this is going to be the second year that apparently it's going to be
2: defeated. Coach yeah, O'Leary, Coach O'Leary doesn't like doesn't like the uh, the. I'm opposed to the rule and I'm opposed to to changing it because if you're down by ten seven points and you come back late and you're kicking an onside kick, you haven't done what you've had to do in the game to give your to give that team another <laughs> opportunity. But a 4-15, I can't recall where it starts, 25, 20-yard 20 line. Like the league would be opening themselves up to so much grief. You think a situation where a dubious offensive, sorry, a, a dubious pass interference call, a dubious hold, you know, goes against the defense because they're a little bit panicked by the fact that they're having to deal with this play. And teams are getting, what, do you go with an automatic force down, you know, when a team needs to get 15 yards? It's crazy. What happens if there's a, if there's a slow hold? you go 4-10 then? And, long you know there's so many different permutations that people are just saying, oh it's an easy, let's just try win this real. There's just things there and you could see teams losing games, dubious decisions being made by referees. The onside kick by and large eliminates the risk of a referee making that decision against you. So for me it should stay and if you if you if you manage to have a, an onside kick and you you pulled it off and you get the ball back, you go and win the game, so be
1: just to say, there were three onside kicks ret- um, recovered last season. So I get the I get the desire. Three of
0: six, seven attempts. That's the one that, thing. Do it for the crack. Do it for the crack.
2: It's never it's never going to happen. It might happen at some stage. It certainly won't happen for the next three or four years. Okay.
0: okay. Well, look, boys. I think that's us for now. Uh, just it's a reminder.
2: Sorry, it's probably the most interesting one of all the rules that were being looked at this week. I think that's why we needed to discuss it.
0: Yes, of course, and it it, it is very valid, and it's almost been, it's like this this week in the NFL generally, if you take the OTAs out of it, it hasn't been a quiet week, but you know we're getting to that point now where we're going to build up to the draft next week, and the draft is two weeks away, we are live on the 29th of April from 11.30, we have got content coming that whole week, uh, with a lineup to come very soon, Uh, we are back next Friday night uh, for our last time before that all kicks off. We will be live next Friday that as well. Hopefully Mark will join us. I presume so. So, uh, yes. I,
1: I, my hope is that Mark is working on my campaign, the free Alan Robinson campaign, and that that is why he couldn't join us uh, this
0: evening.
2: I don't, I don't yes,
0: <laughs> on that note, uh, lads, everybody have a good night. Before we go, uh, please, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. Uh, please feel free to do that and also you can check us out in our podcast or search for the Irish NFL Show go to the show.com and we are back next Friday night live we've got a draft hot giveaway you can retweet this for a chance to win Brian will buy it tomorrow at some point with his own money everybody have a good night
4: take care
0: good night